0: Welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake Podcast. Today, I have a special guest who I'm excited to chat with. I have Jess Cording, who is a registered dietitian, health coach, author, podcast host, and she has a new program out that I'm really excited to talk about. It's called the Trauma Warriors Toolbox, which is an online group coaching program. And I just think what she has to say is going to be fascinating for you guys. So welcome, Jess.
1: Yeah, wow, thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to see you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we we go way back as far as like knowing each other and like I guess like the influencer space. Although I know the two of us do a lot of other things nowadays, but I know that's you know how we met. But anyways, let's dive into it and just get to know you. So who are you? What are you all about? You know, give us give us all the juicy details.
1: Yeah. So I'm a dietitian, health coach, as you said. Um, I'm the author of a few books. I am a podcast host. My podcast is Drama-Free Healthy Living. Um, I also happen to be a certified Pilates instructor. So I bring a little of everything to my work. I focus a lot on the intersection between nutrition and lifestyle and our mental health. Um, I know in my own life, I had my own struggles with that and being able to to turn what I was learning along my path into actionable things I could do in my own life and later to help my clients um, has been really, really meaningful.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I feel like a lot of us got into this health space because of something that personally affected us as far as, you know, physical, mental, emotional health. So do you want to talk about, you know, why you became a dietitian or decided to go that route?
1: Yeah, You know, I I grew up around a lot of illness. Um, You know, I remember there was a point when I was a kid where like three of my four grandparents were ill with cancer. You know, um, the diabetes, heart disease, depression, alcoholism within the family. Like You name an organ system or a body part, someone had it covered. And I also observed that a lot of my relatives had a terrible relationship with food. And I will say I was very young. Some of that trickled down to me because when you're... At an impressionable age, you know, what you hear from the adults around you finds its way into your brain. And I did experience some disordered eating when I was like 11, 12 years old, you know, and not, it was really, I, I remember learning um, in grad school about the idea of anorexia nervosa as an anxiety disorder. I was like, oh, that checks out. <laughs> like, you know, so, um, but I will say I was fortunate to work with a dietitian and a therapist at that age. And just learning how to tune into my body and tune out the noise. It saved me so much um, heartache and second guessing myself. And just, it saved me a lot of struggle down the road with, with food and, and health Um, especially, you know, related to that, but you know, something that got me more interested in focusing in, you know, I've been a dietitian now for a little over 10 years. And I would say I was always interested in the mind body connection My mom's a certified hypnotherapist. She's a psychotherapist. Like I grew up going to wellness fairs and learning about chakras and auras. It's probably why I went so clinical with my training. But, you know, I was very interested in that that connection. So, of course, I found my way more to that side after I had spent like five years like working towards becoming an RD. And so it's, um, you know, it's been great to use all parts of my brain.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I I can relate to so much of this, like as much as I'm about the data and the functional testing and whatnot, I do have this mind-body connection, essentially, like, like what you said, as part of our business. And I do think our mental emotional state is really important as far as our physical state and vice versa. So for you, when did, you know, that nutrition and lifestyle um Come in as far as like supporting your mental health, and how did it become you know part of what you do? Was there like a turning point or like something specific that you were like, yes, this needs to be part of what I do?
1: Yes, so you know, I wasn't conscious of it at the time. It was something that I sort of found my way to. Like I was a career changer. Not that I was that old. I went back to school when I was twenty three. So old, um, but. <laughs> No, I, you know, so like many people, uh, I experienced sexual assault as a teenager. And I'm not saying that everyone goes through it as a teenager. It happens to people at all different points in their life. But the the post-traumatic stress from that experience, um, I had like debilitating flashbacks. Um, The first time I ever experienced one, I was taking the SATs. Um, That was a wild experience. Um, You know, so it was really disruptive to my school Um, my relationships. um, But I also found, you know, therapy was very helpful for me. But um, I still struggled with these mood swings, these energy crashes, these um, just feeling out of my body, you know, just not in tune, Um, you know, and I was on the birth control pill. So I'm not really aware of what effect it had on my menstrual cycle. But I would not be surprised if I hadn't been on the pill, um, what that would have been like, Uh, you know, because I know that my cycle is so sensitive to stress. I'm sure that would have been all over the map but when it really I didn't you know I just thought something was wrong with me I was like why can't I get over this you know I was under a lot of pressure from from loved ones to just move on with my life and I was like but I can't like there's these things that happen to me and I I can't control them I don't understand them therapy is helpful for talking about my feelings but like what else can I do and I was When I was um, so I guess I I met him in the end of college. And when I was in my early twenties, I was in a relationship with a man who I remember trying to talk to him about the assaults. And he he said to me, and I'm sorry I'm laughing as I'm saying this, but it just blows my mind. He's he said to me, Well, that's a story about being a victim. I and I don't want to hear that story. Don't talk about that. And Something in me just shut down for a while. I was like, okay, so this is not a safe person to trust, even though I was living with them. I was in this relationship with with him, um, but when I decided that somehow this would factor into my career path, um, I I became very interested at that time in new. This was probably like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. It was you know not quite the dark ages, but you know, um, discussions around nutrition and brain health were, you know, we were just starting to see more of it in the media. And I remember being really interested about it and kind of talking to him about it. And he said to me, and he's like, well, who cares? Like, you don't have any credentials. No one's going to listen to you if you talk about this. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go get some credentials. And it just kind of lit this fire in me to, um, to go down this career path. And I had thought about becoming a dietitian in the past. You know, I had definitely been on my radar just because of my own experience, but I hated science class in school. I mean, because of my flashbacks, I dropped out of chemistry. I didn't finish chemistry in high school because I couldn't concentrate. So it was definitely a leap to go back and, and study that. And it was hard, but I knew it was right. And what also was a really strong clue to me that this was the right thing for me, was that the better I did, you know because as I was learning about nutrition and again there was still a lot we didn't know about that mind body connection on a functional level but the the better i learned about or the better i was able to nourish myself because of what i was learning and the better the stronger i felt and more at home in my own body the worse that relationship did and you know we broke up i think um like a few months before i started my dietetic internship so my clinical training to that would prepare me to sit for the rd exam so It was like, it was like the path was open, you know, it was like everything working out in perfect timing. And I'm, I'm not saying like you should go back to school or change your career because a partner pisses you off. But I think on a core level, I knew that I needed to tune in and do what felt right to me and to not care what someone
0: else said. Mhm I love that. I love that story, and just like how you got to this place and For somebody listening, I'm a little bit curious too personally, but you mentioned some of these you know long term effects of you know past trauma and whatnot as far as just the mood swings and the energy dips and just feeling disconnected from your body and the flashbacks and everything. Like, what are some of the long-term effects of trauma that, you know, maybe women don't realize might be affecting them? Because I think a lot of us, like, sometimes we feel stuck, but we don't really realize like what is keeping us stuck, but we might have something like this in our past.
1: So a lot of the research that looks at this um, looks at the association between trauma and the um, the impact it has on contributing the stress of trauma contributing to things like inflammation which drives a number of health conditions you know that could be related to ap- like um it's, so like a lot of the depression anxiety those can be very long term consequences um, you might see things like um, you know hormonal imbalances there is some research in that realm things related to uh, weight. And that's often related to the, the inflammation and hormonal shifts that can play a role or sometimes behavioral. You know, if someone is using food in an unhelpful way to, to cope with feelings that can come up, um, whether that is, you know, people who have a difficult time losing weight or maintaining weight or people who have a hard time gaining weight or because when you are in a state of inflammation or you are dealing with um, emotional things that cause you to either, you know, eat more or eat less, those can all affect affect that um, insomnia, this is a huge, huge one. And there is, you know, a lot of the research we have on trauma specifically is in survivors of, of war. Um, so like veterans with PTSD, but in, the stress, trauma, uh, insomnia, there is such a strong link there. And when you're not sleeping well, everything else suffers. Mm. Um, you know, and there, there's a lot of things as well, like just difficulty trusting yourself, uh, trusting others, um, You know, things like, um, you know, I was talking about the mood swings and the energy crashes. You know, if you don't understand how to eat to address those things, you know, they can feel worse and it becomes a cycle. It's hard to get out of Um, things like poor immune system function that can also show up. So I've just named a few. There are many, many more, but these are oh, and one obvious one. I probably shouldn't definitely not leave out um, gastrointestinal issues. You know, Mm -hmm. that gut brain connection works both ways. So that's also something that can come up if someone is um, dealing with like new new symptoms, whether that's reflected as like things like constipation or diarrhea or um, inflammatory bowel conditions, or even things like um, new food sensitivities, uh, skin issues like eczema and other rashes. And I'm not saying that trauma is the only cause of those things for people. There might be a number of factors, but if somebody is under a lot of stress because of unresolved trauma, you know, they've had this low grade, you know, slow burning stress underneath everything for a long time. Um, That makes your body more susceptible to other things that it might be able to fight
0: off or deal with a little bit more effectively otherwise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I can relate to this personally. (laughs) <laughs> so much of this information, I'm like, yep, 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 that makes sense. Um but as a dietitian, I would love to hear just a little bit more about, you know, how nutrition plays a role in like trauma recovery and whatnot. I know there's probably like a bazillion different routes we could go as far as gut health and blood sugar and whatnot, but maybe just some maybe some like actionable things that women can do as far as just, you know, improving their overall health and, you know, maybe working towards recovery.
1: Yeah, absolutely cuz you're right. It is a huge field. We could spend all day talking about all the little nuances and not even, you know, scratch the surface, but some of the main things that have been helpful for my clients and that I also found helpful. So, blood sugar balance, I would say is a big one cuz blood sugar as I'm sure you and I know you talk about this in your work, you know, it it impacts our our energy, our mood, our stress response, how fully feel. Um it plays a role Function. You know, it's it, there's so many things that blood sugar is connected to. So I always stress the importance of having balanced meals and snacks that are providing protein, fat, fiber, you know, by prioritizing complex carbohydrates. Like those are non negotiables. And I like to highlight that because sometimes in the wellness field, especially um, if someone's spending a lot of time on social media looking for wellness information, it can be really overwhelming and to think you have to like do it perfectly. But I always tell people, if nothing else, bring it back to the basics of just balancing your blood sugar. (laughs) Um, A few other things that are really helpful. Um, So limiting alcohol and caffeine, the probably, I have, I cannot tell you how many times someone has said to me like, oh, I was really, I really didn't want to drink less wine. But once I started drinking less, I felt so much better, (laughs) like, like 9.9 out of 10 times. Um. So I, and I think alcohol, disrupts our sleep. It can impact our hormone function. It can, you know, there's definitely other metabolic consequences and it all, you know, it all kind of connects, um, caffeine that can amp up anxiety and potentially contribute to sleep disturbance. So another reason to, you know, go slow with that. Not that I never tell someone to take away their morning coffee if they love it, but maybe switch to decaf afternoon. Um, I know and that was something I wish I could go back and tell my younger self. After age 30, I was like, oh, I can't have eight cups of coffee a day. That, that That's not going to work anymore. <laughs> like, that was a breaking point for me. where I was like, OK, something has to change. Um, but then um, gut health, that's a really important thing to pay attention to. Because, you know, the enteric nervous system, the brain in our gut, it's in communication all day long with the brain in our head via the vagus nerve. So, you know, there's just millions of nerve endings talking to each other all day. And what's good for our gastrointestinal system tends to be good for our brain in a lot of ways, because in addition to that constant communication, um, a lot of the neurotransmitters, so brain chemicals that regulate mood are actually produced in the gut. Um, And, you know, when we have when we eat different foods that are supporting production of those brain chemicals, you know, a lot of that's happening in, in the gut. So, you know, I often will recommend eat plenty of vegetables and other great sources of fiber. So, you know, fruits, vegetables, uh, choosing whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds, you know, just a few things, um, plenty of fluid. Um, and then, you know, of course, we know about probiotics, which is those beneficial bacteria and prebiotics, which are fibers that help give those probiotic bacteria something to to, to eat, so to speak. They give them fuel. So. Your prebiotics, that's like um, a lot of things like, uh, like apples, oat bran, um, onions, garlic, leeks, a lot of those foods, um, oats as well. I probably said oats already, um, but supplements, those are also available too, to make it easy to cover your bases. Because it would be great if we could get what we needed from just eating yogurt, right? Like yogurt, granola. Cool. I got my probiotics, my prebiotics. But like, there are so many types of these probiotic bacteria and we need to, keep them in constant supply to kind of keep things in good working order. So I do find for most of my clients supplementation is just the easiest way to, to cover your bases. And then, you know, there's a ton of foods that also have specific compounds that have been shown to fight stress. I could spend like the next hour talking about those, but a few of my favorites that I will recommend to people. So oily fish. So like salmon, tuna, sardines, mackerel, et cetera. Um, eggs a great source of nutrient called choline which is essential for brain function um, and then nuts and seeds a lot of healthy fats there um, fruits and vegetables so many reasons but you're getting a lot of antioxidants like I love to highlight wild blueberries is a great source of um, anthocyanins which are really really powerful antioxidant um, strawberries are and many other fruits but the you know, rich in glutathione, you're going to find glutathione in lots of different foods. So I'm just calling out a few favorites. Um, Avocados, so many nutrients that are soothing to our nervous system. Um, You know, things like, I mentioned nuts and seeds, but sometimes people forget that chia seeds and flax seeds are also seeds. So just giving this extra love. Talked about yogurt, um, oats, you know, really good option. And um, a really important nutrient is tryptophan which is an amino acid that's a precursor to serotonin, so a mood-regulating brain chemical. And you're gonna find tryptophan not just in Thanksgiving turkey, but mostly all animal proteins. That's why I always tell people, if you're feeling like your mood is really off, like make sure you're getting enough protein for the blood sugar and the, the tryptophan. Um, it's, but there's a few plant sources too. Like you can get it in chickpeas, a little bit in oats. Um, and then um, lastly, this is by no means the end of the list, But the only two things I'm going to add, um, so turmeric, so much research on turmeric's anti-inflammatory benefits, including to brain function, and then olive oil. I always have to give olive oil a shout out. It's like my favorite food. (laughs) It's just um, a lot of really important, um, like healthy fats as well as antioxidants there.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I love these food lists. I think this is helpful just to give people some like real life examples and, you know, for them just going to the grocery store and buying these things and getting them in their house just to like stop to start consuming them. So I love that you called out a number of these. A number of these are probably favorites for a lot of people when it comes to Whole Foods and whatnot. Um, So what are some other tools that have been useful to you and your clients? I mean, You know, exercise, sleep, hygiene. You know, I mean, there's a million things that you could talk about, but are there any really like standouts that like really have made a difference for you or just, you know, the people you work with?
1: I would say exercise and sleep. So with exercise, um, and there is some research in this area, like about just the benefits of exercise for stress management, even a little bit of research in um, trauma recovery. But one thing I think is really important to know with exercise. Enough is wonderful. Like the general recommendation for stress management is 150 minutes per week, at least of moderate intensity activity, which would be like, you know, like walking, yoga, Pilates, like that level of exertion. Um, but in general exercise, you know, you're getting endorphins, which are great for boosting your new, your mood. It can really help with regulating your sleep cycle. It helps preserve muscle mass or build, or or build muscle, which is good for our metabolic health. Um, but there is a fine line, right? Where like exercise can be a little too much, you know, because studies have shown that getting enough exercise is really important for our mental health. But then there's a sweet spot, and if you go beyond that, and it's a little different for each person, but just to be aware that if someone ends up over exercising, um, they may actually may negatively impact their mood um, and can you know impair immune system function. Um, put a, too much stress on the body. So recovery time is really important. Take those rest days. If I could go back in time and give my younger self some advice, like that would be it. Um, Cause you know, there's different stress responses, right? We often hear about the fight flight freeze. Um, there's a few others that often come up, but those are like the three that most people are familiar with. And what some, what type of movement someone needs in one phase could be a little different from a different phase. So for example, know someone's in the fight state maybe they will find it really cathartic to like do kickboxing or something like really um like cardio and and intense but if somebody's in the flight state i am not going to tell that person to go to a spin class or go for a long run you know i'm going to say you know maybe we should do some like restorative yoga or pilates like something where you have to be very focused in your body um that was probably what honestly what attracted me to pilates so much in terms of deciding to become an instructor like I found my way there because of an injury, like an overuse injury. And, you know, my physical therapist was like, well, if you built up core strength, you wouldn't get injured. And I just remember going to Pilates and thinking like, oh, like I'm paying attention to all my muscles and where everything connects. And it was like really getting me out of all my like all my thoughts and like, you know, just brain soup and it was getting me back present in my body. This is not a, this is not a plug for Pilates, but you know, for, I, I definitely was more prone to flight, um, stress response. So I had definitely some experience with that, but if someone's more in the free state, you know, that's a person who may have difficulty with motivation more than someone else. So, you know, that's where we look at how can we make it fun or what's going to help you shift your energy and get out of, out of a funk, like. There's some, there's some cool research looking at moving and shaking and dancing for trauma response. So I, I think that that can be really therapeutic, um, but yeah, we can't ignore sleep hygiene. Like I know you talk about this too.
0: Yeah. Like you were saying, like, if you don't sleep, everything stinks, everything's harder. You have no patience, but yeah, sleep for sure. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, no, well,
1: you, you know, like, oh my gosh. And I, I had terrible insomnia for years. Even when I was writing like one of my books that had a whole section about sleep, I was in an environment that was really directly related to my past trauma, and I, it affected me so much. And the sleep was the thing that like came to revisit me—the the sleep issues. Um, with insomnia, you know, there's 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 a number of ways to approach it. I think the sleep hygiene basics—I sure wish I had ha- I had known when I was younger and. The things that have been very helpful for my clients. So just the basics of keeping your sleeping environment cool, dark, and quiet. That is a big one. Um, Limiting distractions in your bedroom. um, Limiting screen time before bed and during in bed. This is a really hard one for most folks. So most sleep experts will recommend at least 30 minutes of screen-free time before bed. Um, but I, I always get pushback on that one. And I know it's really hard to do that. So sometimes I'll tell people like, okay, well, dim the lights in your house, and maybe put on some like amber colored glasses to like physically filter some of that light. Um, you know, so that's, that's a piece of it. Like light is the light is a really big thing, because it impacts our levels of melatonin, um, which is that, you know, hormone that regulates our sleep cycle. And in order, you probably know, all this, like, for, you know, for melatonin levels to rise to promote restful sleep, it has to be dark. So if we're getting exposure to bright lights at nighttime, it's like our brain is getting the signal that it's daytime. It's time to be up doing things. So I do talk a lot with my clients about just how to hack their sleep environment to keep it like the right light, the right temperature, you know, avoiding heavy meals or alcohol before bed. Um, and then there's also like, what are we, what kind of media are we consuming on our devices? You know, being thoughtful about what types of content triggers what types of emotions and thoughts and you know does it contribute to to wakefulness like I know I'm not allowed to read um like magazines anymore in bed because it triggers my work brain <laughs> like you know that's not a it's not a trauma specific thing unless we're talking about like burnout like boss girl culture of the you know the, the late uh, uh 2010s but um yeah I think um you know so social media can be tricky because you know it's like that can be very triggering for a lot of people. So just I I encourage like, choose something to consume in the evening that is going to be relaxing, it's not going to be too stimulating, and definitely things that will, um, you know, um, not get you wound up
0: at night. Mm -hmm. I love that. I I was just kind of laughing because I same thing, like there's certain things that I cannot you know, consume right before bed because either my brain goes into work mode, worry mode, (laughs) and then I just can't fall asleep. So I actually go into my dog's Instagram account where I follow all pug accounts and I'll look at just like pug reels and pug stuff um, just to, you know, have like a different mindset before I go to bed because it's usually like silly or just cute or something like that. But I love
1: love that that you you,
0: uh, highlighted that. Do clients
1: struggle with like staying asleep also? mm-hmm yes for sure that's the hardest thing for a lot of people like I have so many clients and I've been through this has been true for myself as well like falling asleep not usually that hard but staying asleep um and this here I sound like my mother I my mother by the way I love her I just I tease her sometimes when I'm like I sound like her but when we um you know when we look like again I come from a very western training but when we look at like Chinese medicine for example you know I Gosh, I cannot tell you how many of my clients have been like, I wake up like one a.m., two a.m., three a.m., and like from a Chinese medicine perspective, that's liver time. You know, and your liver is in in that realm, like very involved in the stress response. And so, whenever someone tells me that they're up in the night around that time, like, okay, so tell, let's talk about your stress level. What's going on? Um, You know, ninety nine percent of the time, like they're waking up, they've got racing thoughts or things that you know, from the day or catching up with them. So I, I always tell people to write that stuff down. Um, it, there is research on this showing that when we write things, it helps us sort of unload them from our brain. And because our brain wants us to remember, it doesn't want us to forget important stuff. It doesn't realize that we're just trying to get back to sleep. You know, so I always tell people just unload it, just write it, write it down. And then I I always tell them get a little tiny clip on light. <laughs> you can put on your notebook instead of turning on like a big light. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's going back to the light thing, but you know, many sleep experts will say like, if you're tossing and turning, like get out of bed and go sit and do something quiet in another room. Like when I was when I was dealing with my worst insomnia, I was waking up at like two in the morning, and I was I thought I thought this was a good thing because it was it would tire me out. So that's when I would exercise. I would like, well, cool. It's two AM. Just do my workout now. I'll go back to bed. Awesome. But I. My body could not get into a good sleep routine because it was so confused about what was nighttime and what was daytime. And, you know, so maintaining a consistent um, sleep and wake up time, even on weekends, people don't usually like that, but it is really helpful because it trains your body to go to bed and stay asleep for a particular schedule. So that's why like, you know, sleep experts will say like, don't get up and start doing work or don't exercise, don't eat, like don't do things you would do in the daytime But do like relaxing things like I have some clients who they get away with doing laundry. They find that soothing. So that doesn't feel too daytime for them. You have a lot of people who like to do puzzles. They find that really helpful or word searches. Um, I have someone who likes to knit and crochet like, you know, things that are going to help you unwind. And it looks different for each person. I'm a fan of the journaling one because I'm that person wakes up with a thought. It's like, oh, no, I have to do this. I have to do that. Like or. Something I was from the day, I'm like, I was usually like some awkward social interaction will come back to haunt me at like two in the morning. So like, I write that
0: stuff out, you know, you have to do what works for you. I can relate to that as well. Um, And I love just the clip on light. Um, recommendation, because I, I'm the person that like, if I read, eventually I'm going to fall asleep. So like for me waking up at two in the morning, it's usually reading, but I usually have to get out of bed because I don't want to wake up my husband. But I wonder if a clip on light would be kind of the solution for this. So I love that idea. So thank you I so love much it. for that. Oh my um, gosh. I'm, yeah. Oh, and then I was just going to switch gears a little bit, because I definitely want to talk about your program because I know you're going to be enrolling soon. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about trauma um, and maybe you know, what, what do you wish like people would know about trauma? Like if, you know, this is, I don't want to say new to somebody, but they're just, you know, thinking maybe this is something that they might need to deal with. Maybe it is keeping them stuck. Maybe they have a history of something that they haven't dealt with. Like, I guess maybe some of the first steps or first things that they should know.
1: So I always want people to know that it's not their fault if they're feeling stuck or that, you know, I think there's this pressure to compare yourself to other people and think, well, why is this so much harder for me? Like, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? And I always like to point out that trauma has lasting functional and structural effects on the brain. It changes that your, your brains function. And I don't, I, you know, on the one hand, I'm, I'm like, well, brain damage, like, you know, like if somebody had brain damage from a different um, origin, like we wouldn't, put stigma on them you know we wouldn't stigmatize what they're going through right we would get them proper care but i find that with a lot of um you know related to like mental health issues related to trauma it's different and people are scared to talk about it they're scared to get support and there's not a lot of great comprehensive support i am a huge fan of therapy i cannot say that enough my mother and sister are both therapists i think everyone should should have their own therapist but like um, and there's more tools to make that more available now too. but um, but I think that it is important to take a comprehensive approach. and what I have found is that a lot of the resources out there are really scattered and it's sometimes hard to tell what's credible and what's not. And you know I I at a time had looked for a program like that for myself when I was when I was younger, but it you know, there was just nothing out there. and um when I so in January of 2023. Yes. I, I shared, um, I wrote about my story on mind, body green. They have this whole invisible illness series when, and when I, they had approached me if I wanted to contribute uh, about, about, you know, my own invisible illness, not knowing what, you know, what it was. I was like, you know, yeah, it's time to start talking about this. Cause I did. I, the, the first time I really wrote about it publicly was in uh, my second book, the Farewell Tour, um, which was about caring for my dad during the last months of his life, and I. But even then, it was only tiny, tiny little little section. Um, and that was, you know, because when you're going through trauma, or when you have a history of trauma, everyday stressors or new traumas, you know, you can feel them much more deeply. You know, you might have a harder time coping than maybe someone who doesn't have those brain changes related to past trauma. So, you know, if you're having that experience of why am I reacting so much to this, or why is this so hard for me when it doesn't seem like it should be, you know, that's a good time that, you know, to examine, like, maybe there's that, that trauma piece, but I, I, I find that people, um, you know, they feel really isolated. And when I wrote that article, a lot of people, I got so many DMs and emails from people just saying, oh my gosh, I've been going through this too. I don't know where to go to like get the support that I need. And, you know, I, I had enough of these conversations where I was just like, wow. Um, okay. Where can I send them? Cause I, you know, the, I didn't have the bandwidth to take on like all these, you know, all these new clients. And also too, like I wanted, it, it can be expensive, you know, you know, one-to-one work, um, in order to make it sustainable for a practitioner, especially if you don't take insurance or insurance doesn't cover your services, <laughs> like, you know, it's 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 a tricky balance of figuring out how to how to price things. And also, for me, I just I, I want it to be accessible for for people. And so i I just I got so frustrated looking for a resource to share with people. And I was like, well, I'll just create my own. Mm-hmm. And that's the, so that's really where this came from.
0: Yeah. And that was my next question. Why did you create this? Um, But yeah, I agree with you. I feel like, I don't want to say it's vague, but it's like, where do you go? How do you know who is legit? How do you know you can actually get help from this person or this program? So do you want to talk a little bit more about just what's in your program and maybe some of the results or what people can expect from the program?
1: Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I think is important to that I always like to emphasize is that I, I, when I, as I shared this in the mind, body, green article, when I look at the word healed, you know, I don't consider that being trigger free. Well, mm-hmm. that would be wonderful. Um, you know, there's always going to be things that come up. And the way that I look at healing and feeling healed from trauma is that, you know, you feel like you have, and that you can use the tools that help you come back into balance when you do feel triggered. Um, It helps you feel more confident in your resilience, you know, and to know that when stuff comes up, you can handle it. You know know what kind of support you need. You know what tools can help you. And, you know, I think that that goes a long way. Um, I've seen just, you know, from my clients who have struggled with that and then to see them build confidence and to feel like they can handle what life throws at them. It is, oh God, it's the best feeling when you see that. Um, So the course itself is eight weeks because I want to provide not just education, but I also want to provide support and community because that's when I was interviewing people about what they would want in a course like this, um, that was one of the biggest things that came up. You know, they wanted resources all in one place, the education piece, but they also wanted the opportunity for individualized support. They wanted to connect with other people who knew what they were going through. So the course, you know, we cover, there's some, there's uh, eight weeks and there are self-guided modules where there's video, there's audio. So that's, um, that includes just audio recordings, meditations. Um, I'll also there's, so the, some of the topics in those, you know, we talk about nutrition a lot, exercise, um, mindfulness, sleep, stress management, you know, kind of putting all this stuff together. There's a little bit as well, of course, on just demystifying what, you know, what happens when you have trauma from in terms of like a physiological perspective. Um, But there's, you know, there's a group chat, there's a weekly group call, so people can actually get live support. Um, I do offer um, some one-to-one coaching options as well for people who want a little more, because some people do, some people don't need that. Um, There's a lot of, you know, as well, like, um, just printable materials. Cause that was something a lot of people had said they needed as well. So there's a lot of, I love making PDFs. There's a workbook. Um, so a lot of different, a lot of different things. And I, I use an app called practice better to, for my, for my business. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's the best, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's like, you know, you can message me people. Sometimes if they want to, they can do food journals like this. It's yeah, there's a lot you can do with that. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. We've been enrolling people and I just, it's going to be a really great group.
0: Yeah, it sounds great. And I love that you highlighted that community aspect because I do feel like that's really important just to be able to have that personal connection as far as knowing that you're not alone in this and that, you know, this experience is not necessarily your fault, like you were saying in the beginning, because there is like a lot of like shame and guilt and blaming yourself for a lot of the things that you're going through, at least at least in my experience with trauma, you know, still working my stuff out as well. Um, so uh, details on the program. So when does it start? You know, how can people connect with you? Where can they learn more? All that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So enrollment goes through um, January 19th. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I do offer um, partial and full, like a few, I save a few few spots for partial and full scholarships. I will say the application for scholarships um, is uh, the, the deadline is January 14th, um, but the course itself officially kicks off on January 23rd, 2024. So um, technically it, it'll be nine weeks as we have our kickoff call and then we don't officially start till the following week, but yeah, it kicks off in January. I am, um, I'm a big numbers geek, so the idea of starting on uh, one, twenty-three, twenty-four was really appealing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but if people want to learn more about that, um, there's a number of ways they can do so. Um, easiest way is just go to my website, um, JessicaCordingNutrition.com. Um, you're going to see something about it on the homepage, but also in the services section is a drop-down where you can get right to the the page with the course. Um, I'm also on social media. I'm most active on Instagram at Jess Cording. And you can also find me. My podcast, Drama Free Healthy Living, is on all the places you listen to podcasts. So, yeah, I think if, I'm terrible promoting myself. So if I left anything important out, let me know.
0: <laughs> no, that was great. That was perfect. And I'll make sure I include all your links, how people can connect with you. Um, and I mentioned this when we started. This is going to be coming out the first week of January. So you guys do have a couple weeks to you know stock Jess, stock her program, and enroll. But anyways. Jess, thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. So much great advice and very, very doable things for people. So I just want to say thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here.